Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. The Reticle Up podcast is produced in partnership with AmericanFirearms.org. American Firearms' mission is to recommend what works. We believe everyone deserves access to unbiased, helpful information about firearms. And our buying guides, product reviews, and learning resources are designed to help real people find the stuff that will work best for them. Check us out at www.americanfirearms.org. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reticle Up podcast. This one's going to be a super fun one. I'm going to learn a lot. I've got Caleb Savant on. I've already said his last name wrong. (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it. it. Oh my God. We even talked about this pre-recording just now, guys. Um, But anyways, he is the photo video supervisor is the official term at Brownells, but I'm just going to call you the face of Brownells. That's what you Um, are. I I always just introduce myself as like, I'm a gunsmith. Sure. So uh, yeah, that's, that's what I still go with now. It covers all the realms of what you do, but you know, you've got this like cult following though, too, of like the way you dress, the looks, the the gunsmithing, the video stuff that, yeah, people really don't know what you do, but they see your face and like brown else. Yeah. And and that's kind of interesting. Um, Having, having that kind of following is just like a a whole nother, it's like a whole nother like world, you know? It's crazy because, like, if you would have told me that like ten years ago, or you know, five—I've been at Brownells for five years. Before coming to Brownells, I didn't have any social media, nothing. Like, I was—I was nowhere on the face of the planet, right? I was just a, a gunsmith in South Louisiana, and then uh, I came here, did a couple of videos, and then they were like, "We want you to do a couple of more videos," and uh, yeah, next thing you know, um, have a weird following I, I love i love the followers but uh it's just, yeah. it's interesting it's just it's just weird being in this in this space i guess i'm it's still very, not used to it yeah it's very different because people know your name and they, they feel like they've connected with you or know you kind of probably more than they realize like that hey, you're talking to a complete stranger like <laughs> they might sure. have you in their living rooms or watch you on their travel days on their phone or what have you but you've never had that experience with them so i'm sure that's been a fun ride yes it has i uh I can't complain though. Yeah. It's good. So what's um what are some of the kind of fun crazy fan stories? I want to I want to kind of know about those too. It's just it's weird. So like my wife for example, um she obviously doesn't see me as like Caleb from Brownells, right? She just <laughs> sees me as Caleb. So like we'll be out like for example, we were out in Pella the other day just walking around uh the the town and I was crossing the street and like somebody stopped me and was like, "Oh, you're Caleb from Brownells. I love your videos. And my wife is just like, I can't take you anywhere. Uh-uh. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't uh-huh. know what to, yeah. And no. then like my, my kids too, like my kids just don't like, I guess, understand. They're like, how did, why does that person know you? Just like that. Well, you too, man. Same reason, you know, whatever Preston plays you watch on YouTube, if you saw him in person, you would know him. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's the that's kind of the, the balance there. And then yeah, crazy, crazy fan stories. I don't know. So I think they're about to get a lot crazier here. Um 
because we're we're about to start what what I would like to call season two of Smithbusters, uh, which is you know if people are familiar with Brownells, uh, they're they're definitely familiar with Smithbusters. Um, and for that, we're going to kind of like open it up a little bit more to to the fans as far as we're going to do like a mailroom type thing. So it's going to be uh, it's going to get weird. I, I expect it to get weird. That's awesome, though. Um, and I, I like that. I, I still have that same feelings about like if you had told me a couple years ago that I would be getting to do X, Y, Z. Right. Or that would come. You, I still wouldn't believe it. I still don't today. So I'm curious, like how you kind of fell into this role, like pre-Brownells, like what were you doing? Did you kind of have expectations for the role that you're in now? Or what did that look like before this took off? Um, it looked very different than how it does right now. <laughs> this was one of those, it's almost one of those like situations of like right place at the right time, really. Um, Cause you know, I got out of the army in 2012 and moved back to Louisiana. And from 2012 to 2018, I, I was a, a gunsmith in Louisiana and uh, I've worked at a few different uh, of the larger shops in, in Louisiana. I did warranty work for a bunch of different companies, Browning, Winchester, um, all the, you know, at, at the time, like freedom group stuff. So Remington, Marlin, H and R, um, I did a bunch of warranty work for Eagle imports as well. And that was kind of like, not really the bread and butter of what I did. My, like my, I actually like specialize in, fixing old guns that no no one else would work on and uh that was kind of where where I, I i cut my teeth as far as gunsmithing goes and i like the first i used to like i would say this i was i used to specialize in browning high power work which not a lot of people did uh so that that was kind of one of those things and then of course ar-15 stuff i know i'm known now as like the, the ar-15 guy i guess you can say but i didn't even own an AR-15 until I've been gunsmithing for like two years. What? Yeah. And I very like rarely used to do any AR-15 work. It was just like, like I would usually save all my AR-15 work for the last hour of like my work day and just knock it out, knock out a bunch of it. And the, the rest of my day was spent working on like old stuff. Uh, and yeah, so it was, it's kind of interesting how things have changed. Um, and then in 2018, after coming to Brownells, I started working for Brownells as a gun tech. So uh, working tech support. Uh, so what I did in that role is I traveled around to different gunsmithing schools and uh, guest instructed or co-guest instructed. I think this, yeah, that's the right way to say it. Uh, classes at gunsmithing schools. So Pennsylvania Gunsmith School, uh, Murray State College. Uh, that's the two that I've been to. I've been to each one. Um, a lot. I lost count. I've been to Pennsylvania Gunsmith School a lot teaching. But anyways, um, and then also working tech support line. So if you called Brownells and you had a technical question, uh, I was I was one of the dudes on the phone. Like, tech support. This is Caleb. How can I help you? And then, uh, yeah, I, I just helped people out doing that. And then uh, because of my, I guess, dapper appearance, um, I had the opportunity to do a video. And they were like, hey, why don't you come in the studio, do a video? And I was like, oh, you know, that's that's crazy. Steve's in there. And I was like, what? I get to work with Steve. So I did a video. Um, they liked it. 
they were like, hey, why don't you do some more? And I, I have no idea because like I go back now and watch the first video I ever did with Brownells. I'm like, that's absolute garbage. Yeah, yeah. Hot <laughs> garbage. Um, but for some reason, they liked it and had me to keep coming in here. And uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. I started coming in here more and more. And then I moved from the, the, the gun tech department to the creative department um, as a content uh, a what was my official title then this is about a year about a year ago i don't know i went from nobody knows titles in the industry my my titles changed like three times since i've been here i started off as a gun tech then it was media content creator and then now it's um photo video supervisor okay so so yeah now now i am i am in charge of every i like to like people come into studio and then i'm like oh everything the light touches is my kingdom is what i tell them (laughs) The, the Lion King reference. So, <laughs> I mean, and so for a guy that didn't have social media and most military people that I think of, like they hate social media, they are never really on it. Now they kind of understand like you have to be on there if you're a business owner or an influencer or content creator. So right. for you, were you all self-taught on using cameras, editing audio? I mean, putting together these great videos, like how did you do all of that? So we have a full-time editor. I oh, have God. no idea how to edit a video. Uh, and then videographer or editor is also the videographer but um i i did learn a lot of it like i can i I know how to like set stuff i know a lot more than i did i knew absolutely nothing about cameras Uh, but our previous photo video supervisor um before leaving to go work for rock island auctions uh he he taught me a lot of stuff so cool I mean, and then, so where I did you create your social media accounts, like what, when did that even come about? Was that tied to your job or was that something where you're like, okay, I need to get on here? No, it was, uh, it was Brownells' idea. They were like, Hey, you're, you're doing a lot of videos. People are interacting with you and stuff. And, uh, you don't have to, but you should maybe consider it. And I was like, eh, I'll try it out. So I started with Instagram and then I was like, Okay, it's it's not bad, you know. I'll um, I'll move to Facebook, and then I got Facebook, and then I just questioned humanity as a whole after reading through Facebook. So, uh, although I am on Facebook, I'm not very active on Facebook. Um, but yeah, uh, Inst- Instagram's been great. Instagram's more positive. Facebook's more like the opposite. Yeah, I think Instagram might be more positive, but the censorship in the last, I mean, for sure years, but oh, that's like, yeah, 2023 and 2022 have been so brutal where everyone's blocked, everyone's banned. Like, yeah. I mean, and how does Brownells, I don't, how do you guys move forward with all of the changing algorithms and not being able to do anything like paid content? So how, how do you get through to get to your audiences? So I cannot speak for our social media department as a whole um i like i manage our youtube page like that's my my area um and all the videos on the website i I add those to the website and stuff and obviously there's no censorship because it's our website there so that's that's super easy uh youtube is a bit tricky um but uh and i'll say this we just posted i'll use our uh converting the uh, or installing the Midwest Industries Alpha stuff on an AK video we just did. That is a one hour and six minute video. It goes through every little step on on how to do this. And it's very in-depth. And people in the comments were actually mad. They were like, I can't believe you're not getting censored for this when whatever gun channel is getting censored for it. It's not fair. And it's like, 
first of all, you're mad at the wrong person. All I'm doing is trying to show you how to do some some firearm modifications. And uh, second of all, we don't monetize on YouTube. Yeah. And yeah. that is the, I think that's the big thing that saves us currently. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, you can't even show how to assemble anything, even take something apart and put it back together. I like the most, most basic field strip assembly level. Um, yeah. I'm expecting those videos to get flagged any day now. Uh, but I think the fact that we don't monetize is, is yeah. kind of what's, what's saving us there. And a lot of the other channels that are mentioned that, that are getting uh, flagged for a lot of stuff on YouTube, they're, they're monetizing to the max. So. Yeah. I and mean, Brownells has been a lo- around for so long that like people know to seek them out for education. I think that's something you guys do really well. And like you, yeah. people know that they have the installation videos, the how-to. I don't think I've ever not clicked on some Brownells instructional video when I was starting to build ARs. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Um, so managing YouTube, you've already kind of mentioned some of it, which is really funny. I want to hear the sassy side of Caleb. Um, what are some of your favorite like replies you've gotten to respond to customers or people on YouTube? Uh, I just got to know how you deal with positive, the negative, the funny and all of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first of all, I, the, the positive is great. I find the negative to be extremely funny. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I'm one of those people that enjoy getting roasted, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> When I see somebody post a mean comment, I'm like, that's hilarious. Because, um, like, I don't, they're, they're just a, a name on a computer screen, you know? It it, it means absolutely, especially, like, so the way I deal with the, the positive and the negative, personally, is the majority, I'd say, like, 98, 99% of the comments are overwhelmingly positive. It's sure. insane. So then when you have that one negative comment on it, it's like, well, why, why does that even matter? You know, because it's that's just one percent of the you know six hundred and fifty thousand views. So why it 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 whenever you look at it that way, yep. Um, then you realize like oh, that's extremely insignificant. So. Especially when you laugh at the people took time out of their day to comment, and then you go to like their profile that they comment from, and it's like oh zero videos. Oh okay, so the negative comments never come from anyone doing less. Like doing more than you, so like you'll always have the positive reinforcement. People working hard, but it's always the the people doing absolutely nothing that drops by for a nice little visit. That's exactly it. Yeah, no one ever doing more has ever said anything negative. Yeah. So, so with that, do you have any memorable though comments or memorable like arguments or anything that you've gotten into on YouTube? I have to know these things have to be in your head. So arguments, no, I, I've never never really gotten into arguments, but. As far as the main content, let me see if I actually, because I, I, I save these for, for content, you know? Yes. So while you're looking that up too, I'll tell you a story is um, back in my hometown, there's two dudes, they still have their YouTube, they're anglers and they go out and they do these funny videos and they started screenshotting all of their mean comments and rude comments and stuff. And then they turned a whole YouTube channel into reading those and it is hysterical. I think it's grown as much as like their other YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be, yeah, it would be crazy if we, and I, I kind of like a part of me almost wishes we had more so that we could actually have some content, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then thanks guys. You should just respond to a lot of them being like, thanks for the engagement that helped <laughs> this video get seen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, like most of it's just like here stuff. It's not really, 
I'm assuming it's coming from like bald people. I don't know. That's that's all I can assume. But so so hard not to laugh. Keep going. So here's another thing, right? And I, I speak for both Steve and myself when I say we we don't have small ears, okay? So as as a, as a source of of mean comments, I think that's like a low hanging fruit for a lot of people. And uh, I don't know like the censorship level of this podcast, or you know oh, no. what 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 kind of language I can or cannot well, say. You can say anything you want at all. Yeah. Okay, like, but like the 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 most re- I'd say like the most recent memorable one. Um, and let me let me just I'll read it verbatim here. Okay. okay so they they didn't obviously I'll I'll just give you a little little bit of a background to it here. They didn't appreciate how long the intro to said video was. Okay. Like and 34 seconds. <laughs> it it wasn't even it was like 15 seconds intro. It wasn't anything crazy, but it's like get to the point you big eared bitch is what the comment. That's the that was the latest most memorable one, and honestly, it's I think it's one of my favorites of all time. If I had to pick one, why it's so funny? The low hanging fruit of ears is my favorite, and like oh god, and and it it's really hard. You have to have thick skin to do anything that we do online because yeah. the first thing that's going to be pointed out is your physical flaws immediately. That's uh yeah that that's always the the low hanging fruit. So. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> okay, I know I've digressed. You're a very lot, welcome. But that made my day. Um, cool. So anything on on the Brownells side too? I know you've got the new carbine. You you guys have had a lot of different things going on at Brownells. Do you want to take a minute to talk about any of like the new product stuff or new videos or new content you guys have pushed out? So when it comes to like actual like future Brownells projects, I I, I can just say that there's a lot of stuff that I'm excited about coming and I think it's stuff that was kind of a long time coming. I can't get into any specifics unfortunately, but um I'll just say that there's there's some more stuff coming to the BRN 180 line. And uh that's that's that I'm excited about. And as far as kind of a general focus right now, it's uh it's really it's really kind of going back to tools and the gunsmith and supporting not just the gunsmith but like the amateur gunsmith as well. And that's that's where a lot of the focus is going. I like that. There's a lot of do-it-yourselfers. I yeah. showed you before you came on here what I did do a rifle, which is just terrible. But you know those people, <laughs> those people are trying to do it at home, and I'm one of those people who's like, I want the tools, I want to break it, I want to take it apart, I want to see how it functions. And I think there's a lot more of those people out there than we realize. And with the censorship too, it's so frustrating because like printed manuals and black and white and diagrams like blown out. It's just it doesn't do any help for someone trying to learn. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And then um, so we did the the AR-15 build series, which isn't it's only on our website. It's not it, it's a little bit too detailed to be posted anywhere else. Right, right. Um, it, it's one of those things that definitely could not live on YouTube, uh, but it is on the website and it is extremely detailed uh, that we, we, we spent a lot of time making it and uh, had a lot of fun making it as well. And then the next kind of big series we're going to do similar to that is, uh, is going to be about painting your gun. We're going to do a firearm finishing series. Um, when you say paint, is that anodized, Cerakote, rattle can or like what does that entail it's going to mainly be focused on alumahide so the alumahide rattle can okay um but it's going to go it's i'll say when people hear rattle can they think like throw your gun on the ground and just like spray paint it 
Uh, this, it's a little bit more in-depth than that. We're going to go through, you know, proper prep work and everything like that. It's uh, not necessarily for that, you know, I just want to spray paint my gun real quick and I don't care if the paint starts falling off almost immediately. It's like if you want to paint your gun and have the, that, the durability, uh, if you want the paint to actually last. Uh, so it's going to mainly be focused on alumahide. Um, and I want to also do gun coat as well. That'd be neat. Okay, cool. Yeah. Forward to that that's um and we we talked about this offline so i guess i should just bring it in um i'm gonna show the gun and then i want to talk about what you said uh so guys i we'll, we'll get into the the tv show in a second but last year i painted my first rifle which is up there on the wall the paint's finally starting to fade but it's been a year um but i decided to do something really dumb because i can and it's not finished on the, the actually assemble but i colors all over my rifle had done with it uh i did a clear coat rust-oleum on top i don't know how long it's gonna last but i'm gonna do a second one um this evening i did prep it with like acetone and just try to make sure it was like as prepped as possible um but caleb you get access to brownell's gun so if you mess up or make something really hideous only a mother could love you just get to put it back in the safe at work right yeah so you know it, it, a lot of the stuff i do that i'm i'd say not that I do a lot of stuff I'm not proud of, but but whenever that does happen, it 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 can go away. It it doesn't have to stay. I can I can I can make those things go away pretty easy. Um, yeah, and and whenever I go into something knowing like I don't really want to do that to my gun. That's not it's not my cup of tea. I just do it to a brownells gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is your style like? If you were to and you probably already have, but paint your own rifle, make something that's yours. What would you keep and what would you absolutely not take home? As far as like painting a gun goes, I like to just, I just like my favorite, like actual color to paint a gun is wolf gray. I okay. just think it looks good. Wolf gray with black accents, wolf gray with like tan accents actually looks pretty good too. Um, but I like to keep it simple. I'm not real big on a bunch of different patterns and stuff like that. You and rock that? I, I'll, I'll, I would all day long, all okay. day long, just uh, because I, I need more mean comment content. No, that's great. I'm kidding. I'm I kidding. know. That, that made my day. <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to laugh. Um, yeah. Okay. So Wolf Grace and Accents is pretty. Um, so... <laughs> Fast forward, we rewind. So last year you were invited to be a judge on Gun Talk Media's Build Box TV show. I was, yes. Yep. So you got to do the fun seat and then I was in the hot seat. I know we were on different episodes, but can you tell me, first of all, like, I want to know everything. So I don't want the, the short story. I want to know, like, when you got invited, did you have expectations going into the show? And then I kind of want to know the inner thoughts of Caleb when you're watching these builders build the guns. You don't have to be mean, but just kind of inner thoughts. And then I'm curious about the colorings and the styles and all the things that you saw. Okay. Yeah. So got invited to build box as a judge, which first of all, was awesome. I was like, man, they think I'm good enough to be a judge. That's their mistake, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, so KJ, so, yeah, I, I'm gonna call KJ after this. No. <laughs> yeah, so uh filmed in um where where was it? It was we were in outside New Orleans, but yeah. Yeah, it was technically like it was in Robert. Robert was the name of the place. So nowhere, aka. So yeah, Robert is about about 30 minutes from where I grew up. Um so during Build Box, I actually stayed at my sister's house. Nice. I didn't get like a hotel. Yeah, so it was super comfortable. Um 
which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so went to Buildbox, uh, got introduced to to the contestants, and I was like, okay, have some pretty high. So had some pretty high expectations as far as the contestants are concerned. Um, I had some pretty high expectations about the set and things like that, which were absolutely blown away. It was awesome. They have an awesome setup over there. And I think, uh, so I watched, after watching the the two episodes, I I was a judge on there. um, They edited out a lot of what I said, I think, because that maybe they thought I was, I was being a little, I was being a little critical. I was a little mean. Um, They also edited a lot of of everything out. So there's so much that people didn't see. So I learned a lot about TV, but keep going because I want to talk about the TV afterwards. Okay. But they're editing. So you didn't get to see the full thoughts of Caleb. That's why I want to know what wasn't shown. Yeah, you you didn't get to see the the full thoughts of Caleb. You got to see the the more positive thoughts of Caleb. You got to see Caleb saying saying nice things, uh, but Caleb didn't always say nice things. Caleb Caleb had some pretty strong opinions about the way guns were being built, um, which a, a lot of people appreciated. It's just one of those things that didn't make it into the final cut. Sure, sure. You're not going to elaborate on that. You're just going to stay quiet. I mean. I, Listen, I don't want to. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but you know it was. Uh, but yeah. okay, I mean, let me ask. Oh, keep going. Yeah, no, I mean, it, like for example, if I'm building a gun that has to function on a TV show where guns are going to be shot, right? Yeah. I'm going to make sure the gun works first. Uh, but I mean, we we had some guys just they just dove right in and started like first thing they did was start painting guns. I was like, this is this isn't gonna end well. And uh, I, I, it was almost like I could see the future. It, it didn't end well for them. I was I said it a little bit more critical than that. I was like, you know what the hell these guys are doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Why are they picking out paint colors? They don't even know what what parts they're gonna use yet. They're pick, like. They were like, "Okay, go. Your time starts now." And then they were like, "Boom, paint." I was like, "What? Oh. What?" It's like, "What's going on here? Is this is this like build box? Is it like Bob Ross box?" I was like, "What? What's going on?" Why did that comment make it in there? I do want to know this though. It's not eye opening. I feel like you and I know the average consumer by now, or maybe we don't. Maybe we have better expectations still. But wasn't it eye opening to realize what people's knowledge and like experiences to come into a studio, be thrown on this TV, and this is what they're doing at home? And they have guys, I was in the studio as a contestant. Like, I can tell you this there was every type of tool possible on planet Earth in that room to make sure your gun function, make sure things were lined up, torqued down. Like, there's no excuses of like, I didn't have XYZ. Like, they almost had too much stuff. It was overwhelming. So, isn't it eye-opening about how, like, these are the people who are selling products to at home? <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, and it, I'll say this. Like, there's – and I I, I got to give credit where credit's due. Once – when you're on this side of the camera, like, for example, if I'm on that bench over there on the other side of the studio working on something, the camera's not on, it's a lot easier to do. Um, but whenever I'm on this this set right here when the camera's on, things are a lot harder. Things are a lot harder. And um, yeah, it's, I'll say it's not only that, but it's like, I'm using, like when I'm on the set, I'm using this vice. So I'm working on something and that thing I'm working on, it doesn't matter if I can see what I'm working on or not. The camera has to see it. So I do a lot of stuff in this vice blind. Um, 
people. That's what a lot of a lot of people don't understand. And yeah, so it, it's just a whole nother level of like pressure whenever the cameras are on is what I'm getting at here. Oh, 100%, 100%. I tried to do a little reel yesterday. I still posted, but it was like, why can't I get the plastic pin through the hole? And I do this a million times, but I had the camera over my hands trying to make sure my hands weren't in the video. And then of course, pressure's on it. It's silly how much that matters. And again, I never hear anything negative from people doing more than me. It's always somebody, a troll doing less or nothing. I'm like, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate yep. it. That's how it goes. Yeah. Okay. So what about you going on the show in the future? Because that was season one. I don't know if they're doing more, but like as you should probably have to do like the really hard one where they're building like the the dream gun, the long guns, the six fives, all that stuff. I feel like that should be I'd love to do it. Yeah. I, I um so last I heard they were doing season two. Okay. And hopefully I wasn't so mean that I don't get invited back. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'd I'd love to do it again. Awesome. Did you watch any of the other episodes? I did. I watched, uh, I think I watched all of them. Okay. Did you actually watch mine? <laughs> I, I did. You remember? I, I do. Yeah. You, so you did great. great. No. But that was such a, a hard thing. That was literally my birthday last year, going to New Orleans and failing in my world. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's, uh, you, you did great. Don't, don't beat yourself up over it. Happy, happy birthday. You're so political. <laughs> happy birthday. Um, okay. So switching gears, uh, I have to know too, on the filming side of stuff, because I, I know you talked about like it's different being behind the camera and, and what have you. Are you always coming into the office, like happy to film, geared up for film? Are there ever days that you're just exhausted and you still have to like push through and, and get it done? Yeah. And like typically, so Typically, I, I, I control most of the film schedule. Um, so with that being said, if there's just a day where I'm just like not feeling it, I'm like, we'll just we'll push this video to the next next film date. Uh, yeah. And that's that's pretty straightforward. But obviously, whenever we have guests in the studio, I can't do that. Uh, they're here for that day and that day only. And some of those days can can be a little rough. Um, some individuals are harder to, to work with than others. And there's a, you just, you just got to push through it and be accommodating, be happy, you know, turn, turn on the switch and, and, yep. and do what you got to do. But yeah, so it's not always, um, it's not always just happy Caleb from Brown Hills, happy all the time, being happy. <laughs> I can't tell. There's a little sarcasm in there too. Are we happy right now? We're not happy right now. I'm kidding. Yeah, we're happy right now. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's awesome though. Like, I mean that you can turn it on. I know I'm learning that like being behind camera a lot more and like even working with good film crews, I think you could speak to that, um, makes a difference because there's a lot that they can edit, you know, they can just say, Hey, just keep going or re say this line or what have you. And they can pull stuff out of it. And so I've just been like super happy to work with some of these teams that just make my life easier because it's really hard to memorize everything you want to say make sure it's set in order you know what have you where it's like we all make mistakes but can you speak to just having like a good editing and film crew yeah just the editing is what makes it if uh it, it's like literally it's their job to make me look good and, and without them i would i would look like absolute garbage all the time because <laughs> uh it's uh, there's a we started doing this thing where we actually save blooper clips that we show during very large company meetings. Um, we haven't actually, we've, we've made them. We just haven't actually shown them yet. Yeah. Uh, and, and 
I just think it would be a, I don't know why, like nobody wanted to do it in the past. Um, but I'm like, yeah, let's, I don't mind, you know, you bringing them joy at my expense, I guess you can call it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh there's a, there's a lot that gets cut out. Do you ever curse? There's a lot that gets cut out. <laughs> okay. Okay. My favorite blooper reel that I don't think that they're going to produce, but it would be amazing is I film outside at this private property that actually has an airplane path over it. And I shit you not for the one hour we were out on the range, there was like 48 planes and we had to pause for all these plane flyovers. And so you just in the video, just see me going and like cut plane 48 in one hour. Yeah. That's insane. No, no. But yes, there's a lot, especially when you're building. I think some of the, I'll just say profanity, like it, it comes from a place that you cannot bury or hide or fake. Like that's real. Yeah. So like there's a, there's a, a dent in this wall over here on this side, right? Because I was, this was back whenever like the law tactical Eric, um, the AR internal bolt carrier thing, this was about a, a year and a half before it was released. So we were actually doing a video on how to install the prototype, right? And I shot that, like, I, it, it, something, it just got away from me on camera, all right? And it shot into the wall. And uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'll, uh, I'll see if I can dig that one up. I know it's saved somewhere. That's awesome. There's so many. That's just one example, though. It's ridiculous. We, we get a little ridiculous in here. Yeah. How many parts are, are hidden among the studio right now from guns? A lot um <laughs> your face like can i can i just yes. like grab some of my mess here yes. just like yes all right so guys all caleb does this this real life is brownells is fortunate i went to a tackle box of parts <laughs> parts bin you need to get on video right now if you're listening to this podcast he has a bin of crap yes. <laughs> it's amazing Another box. Look at this. Oh. Ammo. Oh, that goes too. <laughs> this is about what it looks like to be an AR-15 armor or any type of armor guns. But look, what is that? This is a turret for an Area 419 reloading press. Oh, um, These are not something people just usually have sitting on the floor. Um, <laughs> yes. we, we use this. It's not. It's not junk. We use it a lot. <laughs> What I want to know is how many missing parts are strewn about in places you haven't found again. Uh, missing parts. Listen, I'm 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 glad I'm glad Steve's not on here because if you you want to start talking about missing parts, there's uh, I'm I'm known for just kind of like putting stuff in places and then immediately forgetting where I put it. Um. So yeah, Steve's, I'll just do my best Steve impression. Steve's like, oh, where's the, you know, whatever. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. He's like, you had it yesterday. Like, uh, he's like, I should know better by now. It's, it's going, we're never going to see it again. It's like, all right. Okay. That's, that's fair. And then uh, today we're actually doing a lot of cleaning today. And, and we found a lot of stuff that I lost. So today's been, today's been a very good productive day. We've, we found a lot of parts that I thought were gone forever. So Do you remember when you lost them and like what they came from? Like you see them, and you're like, "Yep." Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I forget. I forgot they totally existed until that moment. Then I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, this is 
this is that piece that I took out you know, a year and a year and a half ago and was looking for three weeks ago and just it's just it just didn't exist. Just a black hole. I want to I want to interview Steve now. <laughs> oh, this would be great. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Um, yeah, the, I have an FFL that I like will go up there and tinker with. And I was stripping these guns down to get Cerakoted for an event that I was hosting. And one of the springs, and there was no replacement parts. It was like for a certain tourist pistol went flying. I literally had asked tourists just to send the spring. I searched all over the shop. I was on my hands and my knees had a flashlight. I mean the whole square footage. And it took like four weeks later, finally his like employee was sweeping up and found the damn spring. And you know what? I took it home. I was like, you never know. <laughs> if I need this part, I now have it. <laughs> Yeah, so AR detents. I would say there's the, the studio is actually really big. I'll uh, <laughs> you need to you need to come do a tour whenever you're in the area. But That's it's really it's it's big. I would say there's probably at least I don't know 10, 15 detents at any given time on the floor. Because like if I launch a detent, I just grab another one. I, I'm not gonna look. I, ain't nobody got time for that. You know, I got I got like thirty of them at any given time sitting in a bin. So I'm like, I just. Maybe. Forget about it. Like I'm not looking for that. That's <laughs> who knows where it is. What a great place to work. Um, so among among all of this too with Brown Owls, you go to a lot of events. I know um we'll talk about you being nominated for one of them, but you go to a shot show and I'm sure NRA and Gundy's and all these different places. What's some of like the coolest places you you've been to and like what is your job at these events? So as of as of my current job title, my job at these events is just to kind of like hang out, which is awesome. Be a celeb. Yeah, it's just it's just it's great. I don't. Uh, there's no like definite obligation, especially GunCon. GunCon's phenomenal because like I get to go home and sleep in my own bed at night. So like I, it's I don't have to like do the whole like hotel room thing and and whatnot. I just I just go home. But yeah, so. These events, especially GunCon, GunCon, I just kind of I showed up, hung out, talked to people, um, and usually what I like try to do is talk to as many vendors as possible and like kind of get a feel for like who wants to do some video stuff, what kind of stuff they want to see out of video. And I it used to be, it used to be like I would I would go up, introduce myself, explain what I did, but like nowadays. I just go up, introduce myself, and people already know. So it's like that saves so much small talk, and it's like, all right, let's uh, let's do something. So it's it's great. And then shot show, shot shows a whole nother animal. That's a that's a very exhausting show. Have you signed so, a bunch of things? I, actually, yes. Um, but we didn't do the previous NRA show, but we did NRA show before that. And uh, we actually, we filmed a Smithbuster there. And then we, we signed a bunch, we autographed a bunch of stuff, which is still interesting. At Tactical Games, I autographed a guy's shirt, which was, which was fun. So uh, a few weekends ago, we hosted Tactical Games here. And uh, I didn't expect like that crowd to really know who I am, you know? But they were, they were like, there were some people coming up, like super stoked to meet me there. And I was like, all right, awesome. So I, that was really exciting. I don't know if this is true or not on the tactical game side, but I think that they are more like builders and more into like the rifle attachments, accessories, and more budget friendly guns. Like I'm not trashing on that, just say that, but I'm just saying like tactical games, that's what I've seen. I don't know if that's true, but like there's a lot of rules about 
muzzle brake versus flash hider. You got to have the yeah. slip, of course, to run. Uh, they do have a lot of like the the body gear, the truss rigs, all the stuff that they need. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's your market in a way. Yeah. So I actually um, the last year tactical game that we hosted, I actually competed in. I say competed in. I got like I I, I got a concussion in my first event, so I didn't really like huh? compete in it. But I attempted to compete in it. How? So there's like these big like H barriers. You got to like run and jump over it. But it's really high up. So you got to like throw your body over it. Right. So as I'm throwing, like I'm running up to it. And as I go to as I go to jump over it, one of the times I went to hook my arm around like the vertical bar and just like swing over with my plate carrier and land on my feet. Well, I missed with my arm. So Instead of landing on my feet, I landed on my brain and yeah, got a concussion. And so I immediately get a concussion at that point. Like I hit the, I've I've had several concussions before. I I was aware I was concussed, um, but I I tried to keep going and you got to jump over the thing so many times consecutively. And I kept falling because I was concussed. I I had no balance. And uh, eventually they were just kind of like, all right, you got to. You gotta like not go shoot now. Don't don't manipulate your firearm. Um, <laughs> they like, like they let, like looking back on that. Like I, they didn't want. I I understand why they didn't want to stop me sooner, but they sh- they should have totally stopped me sooner. <laughs> oh man, I'm unsafe. This is why we sign waivers. Holy yeah, because like I I could just like ev- like I would every time I like fail. I could like everybody was like, oh, I could hear him. I was like, oh. that's not funny at all, but it's funny, but it's not. Oh, it's it's hilarious. Did, have you competed? It's okay in to laugh. Say it again. You competed in one yet, though? Like, or is this just the last tactile games as concussion and you quit? <laughs> uh, I, I so I was gonna do it again this year, um, and my wife was like, I don't think you should. She's like you. That's that's concussion number three. I was like, she was like you. Oh, yeah. No more. No more of that. That's fair. No, that's fair. That's. Oh. I laugh because you remind me a lot of me. Like I'm very from so I'm like one more waiver away from just like my deathbed here. Um, and I have to take these things into account. But yeah, it's it's you. That's pretty tough. Um, I wouldn't even consider myself accident prone, but yeah, you know, it, I'm sure other people would, but I I, I refuse to accept that. Concussion from okay. Anyways, all cool. So gun con, that's awesome. And of course the other events. Um, so <laughs> so the Gundies, this was this past year. Um, we were out there in February. You won yeah. most dapper influencer. And who else was gonna win it? <laughs> now, did you when you got nominated, like, do you know who nominated you or do you have any clue of like where that came from? No, no. idea either i was curious about that hmm. so that that was the third year in a row being nominated yeah yeah and awesome. first year first year I, I didn't go um just because like brownells didn't know i was nominated so they didn't bring me <laughs> and then and then afterwards they were like uh we didn't know you were nominated we're so sorry and i was like oh okay next year yeah yeah, yeah so get paid to hang out shoot some guns blow up some stuff yeah yeah, that was uh, it was awesome. It's a good time. It's a great time. Have you ever been to drive tanks before that? Um, only so I I went to the gun. That was my second year at the Gundies. Same. So 
other than that time, uh, no, only only for the Gundys. Yeah. What, what do you think your favorite part of the drive tanks facility is? Not even drive tanks, but just the whole ranch. Oh man, Ox Safari. <laughs> Did you see an ostrich egg this year? I don't think so. They had them out back. They were so huge, and apparently you can eat them. Like this one was bad. I wanted to crack it open, like right there. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, as the kids would say, Oxafari was busting. That place was where it's at. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, congrats on that. I think that's really cool. I think leading up to that, I mean, it makes sense. So you have your own pomade hair. Hair. I don't know how to say that. (laughs) You can call it a pomade. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't use that. I don't know what that is. So yeah, how it's, a, it's, a, it's a pomade. How did that come about? So I I posted a video on social media of me doing my hair one morning just because people people asked about it. People were giving me crap about it, so I did it. Um and then Locks and Company reached out and was like, Hey, what you're using is garbage. Let us hook you up. And I was like, okay, let's do that. Uh, so they sent me some pomade and it was phenomenal. And I was like, man, this stuff is, this stuff's awesome. And uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history from there. Like I've, I was using their product for a few months and then they were like, let's do an exclusive. And I was like, all right, you got to call it Baron bomb. Like I already had the name ready. Like I was just hit them with it. I was like, it's called Baron bomb. And they were like, love it. They were like, what's the logo? I was like, the Red Baron. Why not? Um, so yeah, that's that's how that came about. And uh now I I I use it every day. Awesome. Now, do you know if that collab's like going really well? Like are people invested in, in buying it? So yeah, the, I know I know that they sell it. I know that they sell a decent amount. I know that they sell enough to keep making it. I'll say that. They yeah. don't just make it for me. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think it's great. I think it, it makes sense when that, that collaboration's there. And I think it's awesome that like you have companies reaching out, I'm sure many more, but like that know you <laughs> and are like, hey, let's fix this. And the companies that are really like kind of focusing on that, I think are, are the ones that are doing the right thing. Like I just wish a pickle sponsor would understand my obsession for pickles and just be like, this is our girl. <laughs> Doesn't matter that they're into guns. Listen, gonna- I, I know, I know I got a pickle guy. All right. Seriously. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I I don't have a pickle oh, guy. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Who has a pickle guy? That's not a. <laughs> There's a lot of people that know pickle people. So if you're listening to this podcast, reach out. No. Um. That's awesome, though. I think that's a fun thing. Is there any other companies like that you work with or collaborate with that I wouldn't know? I'm surprised um, I didn't know the hair thing, but it is that well done. <laughs> not really. No. I um. I, I did some stuff with Eclipse holsters for a little while. Um. That was that was awesome, and. The the issue, like, I love doing this stuff with them. The only issue was, like, I would do stuff. I would, like, do their stuff. I would use their stuff here in the studio. But I couldn't, like, be like, oh, use my Eclipse promo code because I'm like, this is a Brownells video. Yeah. So, like, I, I couldn't. That, that wouldn't have been cool to do. So I didn't do that. Um, and, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, it was it was awesome. They make some. I use their holsters currently. They make a really good holster. Um, I'm sure. I, I I assume you know who Eclipse. Well, I'm just talking about Eclipse holsters, like you you know who they are. No, um, I mean there's but, so many holster brands, and as a writer, like I, I love yeah. them. I have a whole bin full of stuff that most of it I do use. Some of it I teach with, and yeah, like and I've I've always been intrigued by all these different manufacturers because everybody does stuff a little bit differently, and I think that's good. And it doesn't 
there's not like a one size fits all either. Yeah, exactly. And like, I, I found out about them. So my wife bought a holster. She bought an Eclipse holster. And then like, I started using her holster and she got like, it was like a, like a, a girly print on it too, but it was an appendix holster. So I was using, I didn't care, you know? Yep, yep. Um, and then I ended up having to buy my own Eclipse holsters. And then we, we did a little bit of stuff together after that. And uh, it was awesome. They make some, some good stuff. And there's, there's companies that reach out and they're like, Hey, do you want to do this? And I got to be upfront. I'm like, Hey, listen, just because I'm using this on social media, social media does not mean Brownells is going to pick it up. I have absolutely nothing to do with that. As long as you understand that going in, we're, we're, we're going to be fine. Uh, so I always have to like give that disclaimer. And then on the flip side, there's companies that reach out and they're like, Hey, you know, let's, let's collab, you know, do this with their product, blah, 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 whatever. And it's just like, it's a product that I don't care about. I, it's, I don't, I don't see the benefit for it to me. Yeah. Um, I don't say like your product's crap, get that stuff out of here, you know, but um, I'm like, you know, I'm, maybe I'm not the right guy for this, you know, whatever, let them off, let, let them, let them down gently. Yeah. hundred percent. No, I think that's that disclaimer is hard. So especially with social media is like people that follow you or other influencers, like they kind of need to know who's sponsored by who, or who's like getting this for X, Y, Z. And just putting that up front is helpful, but also for the companies, because I also am in that world of like, I'm a writer. So I have a lot of gear and stuff from other like companies, but then I'm on the pro side of like shooting and competing and stuff. Like I have my sponsors there. And so like, there's a world I have to separate or else I really wouldn't have a career in writing. If I had all these, like, I can only work with these five companies or what have you. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. speaking to like Brownells, like you guys have done a good job of like partnering with shooters still, like still investing into like competitive shooters. I know you guys are in so many different arenas, but I mean, like, do you still see the value in having like ambassadors that are out there actually using a product, actually shooting it and competing with it on a large scale? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing to see the product and a picture on the website, but to actually see somebody out in the wild using it and actually it it working really well is uh, that that speaks more than, you know, any picture or any you know column or anything like that could say is just like watching someone absolutely dominate with your product is yeah. is awesome. So. Yeah. And they reach a lot of people, I think, you know, across the country. And I know like collabing, you guys have a lot of influencers or content creators. Mm -hmm. I know that you're not on that side of things, but can you speak more to like how companies should kind of leverage, I would say like the the people that are traveling or out there actually, like I said, demoing or having the product to to show to people? Like, can you speak to that benefit? I think that's many companies really don't take advantage of. Yeah. Um, not really, but I'll try to do it anyway. <laughs> I mean, you could speak to seeing the value at least. I mean, you're online, you're, you know, the realm of even the Gundies and stuff like that and what you've been able to do on a reach level. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's like take Savior Systems, Savior Equipment, for example. Um, they, they have done an excellent job with that. And they, that like they've, they've, their brand has grown so much just because you know they're putting. been behind that though last several months? Do I know what? Do you know who's been behind that brand getting like collaborations with content creators and influencers and shooters and everything? No. That'd be me. <laughs> has it, has, are you I'm not I'm not kidding. So like I've had I have a whole list. I reach out to people daily, DMs, emails, and get them to tell me what gear they want, send it and make sure I'm in like long range and three gun and USPSA and just yeah, and like I had no idea. So I was <laughs> I was using that as an example because I was just talking to um I was talking to Chris 
we've been emailing back and forth. I mean, Chris does a great job too. I'm not taking that way, but he yeah. specifically has contracted us and that's been my account is growing that yeah. brand, getting in the right people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I asked like we, like Brownells just picked up their products, which was long overdue. Right. So I, I shot an email to Chris and I was like, yo, let's uh, let me get a, one of those tactical gear stands to put back here. And he was like, is that, is that all you want? Like, I'm disappointed. You don't want more. And I was like, okay, uh, we're building a new set. How about the wall? And he was like, that's more like it. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're about to, we're about to, we're about to have a very, very good relationship based on, based on that. But no, I actually first met them two years ago on Ox Safari. We yep. were on the same safari together. Yep. And, uh, it was, uh, Chris and, and, uh, Lewis were on the safari with me. And we were just kind of talking. I didn't even know who Savior was at that point. And we were just kind of talking or whatever. And um, yeah, then next thing I know, it's the next year. And we're joking about going on safaris together. And then I see him at SHOT Show and hung out at the booth for a little while. And uh, it was beautiful. I'm, booth. I'm, yeah, the booth was phenomenal. Like, that's how everyone should be setting up their booths. Like, that that was inspiration. That yeah. was an awesome booth. They've they've worked a lot with like the forge relations team. That's how I kind of got involved is helping those guys out. So like what they've done with savior and knowing brands, like how to build brands with the forge team is just awesome. But I, I I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad it's kind of came to this level because, and then not an ad for savior necessarily, but just speaking to like, they invested so much money guys into getting it into people's hands. And it yeah. was something where it was not like promised of like, or expectations of, Hey, we're going to send this and you are required to post X, Y, Z. It was like, Hey, give us, we've taken feedback. They've done their new backpack from the feedback that they got about, what they wanted differently, what they wanted for competitors. Um, you know, and Chris is awesome, but like they're very, very high detail on the quality of the product and the price is right. And so like I, I'm just really proud of that account and that you didn't know that. And so I'm really excited because like that's been I had no idea you did that, by the way. I had I didn't know you had any involvement with them. So yeah, it's been really fun. Awesome. That's really exciting though to hear that. So yeah, so keep going. Brands, I think that's a one example. I'm sure you have others too of just like working with people and getting it out there especially on social media yeah and i mean uh surefire is great about it um hux the suppressor company is great about it just getting their products into into the not just like not just like your your average everyday content creator but like shooters getting it in the hand of of shooters um and that's that's just the way to go about it that 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 does everything it does everything right there so i mean you're you're out of the calls for the product obviously but what you get in return is so much more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like a, a, a specialist in this. I'm a gunsmith. Okay. But I can, <laughs> I see, I'm just, I just, I see the value. I see 12 different hats on your head right now. So I'm going to say bullshit, but you've been in the gun news, you know, too, like just how important, like being there and getting those, like, I guess, higher level influencers in, in a space together, see what they can create, see what the brands they can work with. And like you said, you met and went on a safari with Chris. And so like the relationships that do come out of any event that we go to, I think is just really valuable. But I think that's been really cool to see the brands grow um, kind of as like a, I don't know, boots, grassroots. Yeah. Growing strategy. Yeah. Especially because we're censored. <laughs> Have you been uh, banned yet? Shadow banned? Oh, on Instagram? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like, I see a lot of people are posting that they have been recently. I was, I was a long time ago. A year ago. Yeah. I was I used, like a year. I used, yeah. I used to post every day and now I post like maybe once a month just cause I know I'm going to have to like, it's, it's just going to be such a pain. Yeah. 
Yeah. Are you on any other like social media that is active? I know you hate Facebook. Instagram's not the move. Have you moved to Twitter? Uh, I I have a Twitter. I post on there occasionally. Yeah. Twice a month. Is, is it maybe not even that often? I don't know. Um, is it still Twitter? Is it is it X yet? It's X. That's oh, X. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it will always be Twitter. Sorry, Elon Musk. That's so dumb. No, I'm calling it X. I'm embracing it. Uh, nobody's gonna know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't. That maybe that's for the best. If we say, "Are you on the X app?" Does that mean X partner? <laughs> You thought about that? <laughs> Your head just imploded. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, no comment. Okay, okay. Um, okay, is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to talk about? Oh, I say that as immediately as I had one other question. I want to know the one coolest thing that you've ever done working in the industry, if you can think of that off the top of your head. Oh my gosh. You're going to pick um, one. <laughs> the coolest thing I've ever done. So, like, honestly, the... It's just whenever I get to work with other people in the industry who like I, I have a bunch of respect for, whenever I end up getting to like do video content with them, like that's just like it just blows my mind that I even get to be in the same room as some of these people. And uh honestly, that's that's the coolest part of my job. Yeah. Who who are some of the heroes that you've met and the people that you're like, holy cow, I now know them? <laughs> um, so Stephen Williford. Um, we, we hung out at GunCon a bit. Um, he was the, the guy that stopped the Sutherland Springs shooter in Texas. Um, that was pretty cool. I didn't even like know who he was when I met him. It's one of those things. Like we, we got to talking and then, uh, like he's such a, like a humble dude, you know? And like, I was, I I just like, he was kind of like standing off by himself at the range on the, during range day. So I was like, huh. I'll go talk to this guy for a little bit. And then we were talking and like people kept coming up to him and I was like, who are you? (laughs) And then I was like, Oh, no way. So we, we hung out for a little bit at the range. And then again, um, at the Brownells headquarters. And that was, it was super cool getting to meet him. Um, I met, I met a lot of like SF operator guys that have, that have done a bunch of like gnarly stuff. It's just insane. Um, Mike Mahalski from Sons of Liberty Gunworks is a super cool dude. He was our last guest here, and it's it's always cool getting to hang out with him and just listen to all the cool stuff he's doing in the industry. Yeah. And um saw Pete Brownell this morning. That's pretty cool. Isn't he's, he? pretty, he's a pretty cool guy. You would hope to get to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. No, I think that's really cool. I mean, and just respecting what some of these people have done, like you said, um, and getting to like collaborate or work with them is it's definitely like a, a cherry on top or a reward after everything you've done. It really is. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Now, is there anything else that we haven't uh, covered that you want to talk about? Um, well, uh, you, you got to come take a studio tour. Good. So whenever, I don't know where you're located, but whenever you're in Iowa, I, I always tell people, I'm like, Hey, if you're ever in Iowa and they look at me and they're like, why would I be in Iowa? And I was like, that's a fair point, but. No, I, I need to get up there anyways, because uh, I'm supposed to take a tour of Volkortsen and like build a gun up there with Scott. And so I need to plan that. And then I just want to plan around that and come do Brownells. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Scott, Scott's a cool dude. He, Scott, I feel I feel terrible that you bring up Scott now, because Scott asked me like a year ago to be on his podcast. And I said, I said yes, but haven't done it. So well, like, no, Scott. My my friend here, Caleb, came on the podcast within like two days. 
Listen, don't tell Scott. That's Scott. Good. Scott, if you're watching this, I promise, whenever you want to do it, I'm on my way, man. What's worse is that you guys are down the road from each other. Do one in person. In I know. I told studio. him. I was like, I don't want to schedule one because I want to come do it in person. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that well, was. How about plan is now for all the listeners that get to listen to our planning. But seriously, it's all fly out there. And then we'll both go do the Volcourts and tour. Y'all do your podcast while we're there. And then I'll come back and do Brownells. Done. Seriously. Yeah, yeah like, that, that that sounds good. We, we could we could actually do that. And um, yeah, because that, that was a long time ago. He asked, That was like two of my job titles ago. He asked <laughs> me to. Like, I'm not even joking. Was, your fame. Your fame and notoriety has just blown him off. Oh, man. I, I, he's probably he's probably not happy about that. I. I got to, I got to hit him up. Yes. So that, um, for people like that want to follow along, even though they, they probably know you, if they don't know you, what's like your social media stuff that you love to post on your channels, they can watch and learn more, any of that stuff. Yeah. So I, I try to like post inf- ed- educational contents. Like that's my thing. Right. Um, even though it's, it's kind of hard to, to get now, but it like Baron Von Savant, that's me on social media. Um, I I try to post educational stuff on there. There's still educational stuff on there that I haven't gotten banned for yet. So go check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Caleb, thank you for your time. Thanks for everything that you do. Um, I just think you're our most dapper and like one of the most interesting men out there for sure. Um, but it's just, it's been fun to watch your journey, even though like I was probably one of those people who was like more of a late person to the, like the building the guns and really watching these videos. Uh, but what you've done has been really helpful for people like me. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in this week. Stay tuned next week. And, you know, if you're looking for parts and all sorts of stuff that you need to build or buy, check out brownells.com for more. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Gen Kenzie.